This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, so uh, you want me to keep scrolling down here? And I don't know if people have been keeping up with the weather. Um... I have this hunch, and it's just a hunch. I haven't read anything to support it. Um, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a meteorologist. I have this hunch that, assuming the real scientists are correct, that the CO2 levels follow increases in temperature, not the other way around, like we're told. Mm-hmm. I don't. I did, which is caused from uh, more or less solar activity, depending on if you have more, then you have higher temperatures. You have less, you have lower temperatures. I don't know. I just have this weird hunch that between now and 2030, there's going to be somewhat of a cooling, mm-hmm. and which would blow their their plans out of the water and make them look like idiots. I don't know how they're going to scramble out of that one. So I've been paying attention to the weather. And this winter, which is, you know, I guess we're com- get, coming to the end of it. There's a couple of data points that are really interesting. And that's all they are at this point is interesting. Out in California, I think it was, uh, I don't know, one of the snow ones, maybe it was Mammoth or, I don't know, one of the mountains out there, closed. One of the ski resorts closed because they had too much snow. <laughs> they had too much snow. I We didn't really have much of a winter here. Well, I, I know, but so these are data points, and, and obviously weather is regionalized, right? Mm-hmm. So that was an interesting data point. They actually had more snow through like the halfway through um, winter than they've had on average the last five years for the entire winter. Wow. And then there was another data point. You know, you saw all that snow and rain that came into Northern California fairly recently with what they call it a, a river. It was a new, there was a new term. The idiots uh, it, it, were, were, were trying to put on us a river of rain or something like that. <laughs> It's so stupid. They had a ton of rain, which they were supposed to be in a drought. It literally wiped out the, the severe drought like in a week. <laughs> and then there was one from last week where in New Hampshire, uh, I can't remember, remember the name of the mountain. Uh, there's an observatory, a weather thing on top of it. It's like 6,000 some feet up. It recorded the lowest wind chill temperature ever. Like last week. Uh, yeah. Minus 107. <laughs> well, the problem is on top of all this, and we know they do all the weather manipulation, who even knows what the real weather is anymore? <laughs> well, yeah. Look, they do that, but I don't I don't believe they can control the, the global weather like to the degree. I mean, the earth and Mother Nature is so much bigger than that. Can they tr- control it regionally here and there? Maybe. 
But yeah. you know, the temperature on top of that mountain, not, not not the wind chill, the temperature was minus 47. Yeah. No, I, I think so, that they I mean, basically, these are just they interesting make data points well. that I'm, right, I'm just, these are interesting data points that I watch because I have a hunch mm. that the climate is definitely changing. Not in their favor. <laughs> yeah. Well, that well, that's the thing too. Where like, if you look at the cloud seeding, where they say they can make it rain and they can make it snow, they can only yeah. make it snow when it's cold enough to snow. Like they're just basically right. pumping stuff in to make the clouds, um, you know, to increase like humidity. But they can only do it right. when it's cold enough for it to do it. I mean, if it was mm -hmm. up to them, they would definitely be able to. I mean. Bill Gates wants to fly up there with a China balloon and block out the sun. So <laughs> the he China wants to sprinkle like dust across the uh, into the atmosphere to block. Yeah, the sun. No, no, he wants to fly a giant mirror up there. He said one. Time. <laughs> Unbelievable. Somebody uh, needs to give him the Paul Pelosi treatment. <laughs> I'm sure he likes that. <laughs> or the Sri Lanka treatment, where you got the dude got hit upside the head with a pot. Yeah. Uh, all right, um, are we going to skim through this, or what do you want to do? Um, let me just read this real quick. All right, so, so let uh, me see here. Climate change risk management policy could drag central banks into uncharted waters. On the one hand, they cannot simply sit still until other branches of government jump into action. Well, that's interesting. I want to pause right there in the middle of that sentence because I just read a document from middle of January of this year. It's a five, four or five-page document from Jerome Powell, head of the Federal Reserve, who said that central banks should not get involved in climate change. That should be left up to the legislative politicians. But yet the BIS is telling you that the central banks might be forced to go into it if the mm. politicians don't do the right thing. Yeah, and I've seen them... Um talk about that on some of the panel discussions but obviously they are just reiterating all, all those governors of the different central banks and stuff now that um we've gone through a lot of this material they're just regurgitating the talking points that come out of these documents so th this yeah. stuff comes out of the top and then they obviously get a bullet point list with like 12 talking points and they just regurgitate yeah. that stuff so the second part of that sentence it says uh on the other hand, the precedent of unconventional monetary policies of the past decade following the great financial crisis may put strong socio-political pressure on central banks to take on new roles like addressing climate change. Folks, look, the Bank of International Settlements is in charge of this climate change coming from the directive from the Rockefellers. And so don't let them fool you. They're just trying to say, well, you know, we shouldn't be involved. But we may have to get involved if the politicians don't do what we think. And yeah, ba I, I mean, basically, I mean, do you see it this way, Jim? So you have what? Um, was that 190 countries with central banks? Something like that. You know, under, 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 yeah. yeah, under the central banking system. I mean, and there's like eight or nine countries that don't, but they have sort of a different variation of it. But basically, what they're doing now, because the way I see it is, the technocracy or the technate are all the countries that have a central bank in them. And now they're basically saying, look, this quasi-technocracy we've been running where we allow you to have the illusion of a representative government or a parliamentary system, we don't know if we want to play that game anymore. We might just have the central banks directly govern your countries for you. 
and get and just get rid of this other system. I mean, that's well, what it seems on, like. They... Pause, don't sc- don't scroll. I want to read that. Um, yeah. So, but it's more than that. It's not that the central banks will run the system. They're going to have these globalist organizations. So they'll have U- the UN run the climate change. They'll have the WHO run the health stuff, and then the central banks will run the tech the CBDCs. But yes. Mm. Make no mistake, their plan is to have global institutions that they control run everything, a global world governance system. Yeah, and and Jim, stick this in here too, because I think it's important, and you pick some of this up from Catherine and Titus, but I think it is important. This whole last, I don't know, just say the last 15 years, 20 years in this country, you go from having a, a Barack Obama who's like, um, you know, with all all the stuff, you know, he's a Muslim terrorist and this. And then you have Donald Trump, this like crazy reality show host. And now you literally have the Crypt Keeper who goes out on TV and farts on himself. And you talk about it as it's debasing the brand. And I think it's important to point this out. Uh, it also falls into the Peter Thiel-funded guy, Curtis Yarvin, who was pushing for the techno-fascist king. It The whole idea is just, it's not just politics, because we see it with finance, we see it with supply chains. To me, it looks like they're intentionally crumbling the current structure or having the illusion that the current structure is crumbling because that's what's going to allow them to push through the next phase of technocracy. Like, hey, let us uh, fix your life with UBI and CBDC. Let us take over the supply chains. Amazon will run everything. Let us do this. Let us do that because the old system is crumbling. And that what we see with politics it's just the same thing. Like you put AOC out there dancing on a bar and taking shots. You have Biden falling over in a parking lot. I mean, this is just to get people so disgusted with the system that when they're ready to offer you something else, you're you're willing to take the gamble. Bingo. And I texted Maria yesterday. Um, I did not watch the State of the Union address, and I haven't even read about it today. <laughs> but I texted her. Um What's the over under on uh, every phrase or talking point that Biden mentions about the green grift or climate change that that came directly from either the UN or the BIS? I said, if the over is 75%, I'm taking the over. (laughs) That's what my father last night was trying to text me updates from it. I said, listen. Uh, And he had a picture of my son, Willie, that I had sent uh, him reading a book, and I had a caption that said, like, ha-ha, that's some funny shit. So he sent me that, and he goes, Willie's watching, you know, Joe Biden, you know, Sleepy Joe, whatever, you know. And I said, no, Willie figured out on day two on planet Earth that it's a giant WWE wrestling show, and whatever these people, the actors are saying today has no effect on what happens tomorrow because it was already written 100 years ago. I said, I said, give me, and he goes, oh, you got to watch Sarah Huckabee's response. I'm like, Dad, are you kidding me? Like, it's you just fall into this nonsense. Like, go read these documents, and you will understand that whatever those people are saying. And you'll know exactly what's going on. Yeah, has no effect on it. Right. So let's read this here real quick. So the Bank of International Settlements has identified four non-exhaustive propositions that go beyond carbon pricing. Yes, that carbon pricing is being driven by the Bank of International Settlements. (laughs) Number one, central banks can help proactively promote long-termism. Interesting phrase. 
by supporting the values or ideals of sustainable finance. Mm. Number two, central banks can call for an increased role for fiscal policy in support of the ecological transition, especially around the zero lower bound. Meaning we can tell the politicians, hey, you got to do what we say. Number three, central banks can increase cooperation on ecological issues among international monetary and financial authorities. In other words, the Bank of International Settlements can tell the Central Bank of Poland and the Central Bank of Hungary, get on board or you're out. <laughs> number, number four, central banks can support initiatives promoting greater integration of climate and sustainability dimensions within corporate and national accounting frameworks. This is where the Bank of International Settlements decides to drive that all these companies have to uh, basically create these whole departments and accounting systems for climate change. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Which also regulates the smaller businesses out of business. Yeah. So what you're saying is we need to work on a new software called Carbon Books. <laughs> and we'll uh, <laughs> try to get a couple of customers and sell that to QuickBooks and we'll be good to go. Yeah, <laughs> I was watching some video. Um, I'll play it in the next show. It was somebody showing all the um, the new like carbon. I forgot what country. It might have been England. With like all the carbon ratings on menus and restaurants now, where it'll say like this burger uh, produced, you know, whatever, 0.3 millitons of carbon. You know, I mean, it's it's like they're actually. They actually have. Oh, it that's on like the now, Panera so. Bread menu that's changed. Remember, I, I told you yeah. I privately I went into a Panera Bread for the first time in I don't know a year, and they have all these symbols, these green symbols on their menu now, and it's really interesting if you look at like they had this green fork, okay, mm. and the green fork meant that that menu item was climate friendly, and then they proceed to hand you uh, single use plastic utensils wrapped in plastic. <laughs> <laughs> it's insanity so, man i i i was looking at that menu harder and i was yeah some of them don't make any sense right uh like the caesar salad had a fish next to it and i said why well, is fish sauce in the in the dressing or something <laughs> yeah i think so oh, okay well and then i can't remember what menu item had like a, a green fork next to it but then there's the like the greek Hob salad or Greek salad, some Greek salad with all these vegetables did not have a green fork next to it. It had, I don't think it even had meat in the damn thing, but there was no green fork. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, asked the person, I, I remember that. Sense? Yeah, because yeah. I remember you sent me the picture and it said, try our delicious low carbon producing meat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then so I, I also mentioned to the, the, the person taking my order, I said, you know, you got all these green forks all over the menu for carbon-friendly stuff, and then you hand me these plastic forks that are clearly not carbon-friendly or <laughs> planet-friendly. Does that make any sense? And she just looks at me like, what? I have no idea. It's so sad. I, I mean, it's it's so sad Like because people are just indoctrinated into it. And I, and I wanted to tell you, too, because... You got me on that kick a couple months ago on the Smart Poll. So I talked a little bit around the show, and then I've been doing a lot of research because I'm going to do a couple shows on all the manufacturing companies that are building them. And I got numbers on how many have rolled out across the country because now 
there's been audience members like you were doing taking pictures of them everywhere they're like holy crap i just noticed overnight nine of these went up in the center of my town and people are calling the mayors and the town councils and nobody knows what they're talking about and so i found all these contracts that verizon has out and comcast that they're putting them up everywhere some of these things have climate um sensor meters like built into them where they can actually yeah. measure like carbon in the air and air, supposedly but i mean well, that's like, what the bis said yeah they're just putting these up all over the place everywhere i sent you pictures yesterday because i physically witnessed one of the old lights being taken down for these new lights being put up in a very very small shopping center near me yep and, yeah. and sure enough, those new lights are there. And so when I found those things a year ago, oh, almost almost a year ago, I think it was March of last year when I was driving to Texas, I started noticing it. And then I started noticing it. Uh, it I, didn't, I didn't know at the time, but it seemed that lots of the new parking lot lights were new. They were mm-hmm. flat versus, you know, a little bubbly, and they were, they were the LED lights. And I didn't know at the time what that meant. I didn't know there were climate change, um, you know, <laughs> sensors on them and stuff like that. But I noticed they were everywhere. They were in gas station parking lots. They were in grocery store parking lots. They are everywhere. These lights have gone up everywhere. Yeah. And after you told the story about going to t- seeing all the stuff on Texas uh, on the way to Texas, there was someone yeah. else who listens, a uh, member of pain.tv slash gold wrote me and they said, hey, I was, it was great to hear Jim. I don't feel like I'm crazy now because uh, her and her husband took a trip out to Texas to go see uh, Legal Man was doing like a meet and greet. So they went to this button. They said the whole way down, they were shooting videos and taking pictures of all these crazy yeah. new gadgets they see on the highway and the truck stops yeah. and everything. They yeah, it's it not just nice. lights. You, there's all kinds of weird gadgets and and, and and not just cameras. I mean, the cameras are obvious, but there's all kinds of stuff. I don't even know what they are. And they, they said they've been seeing those giant, you had pictures of some, these giant new towers that you think are like cell towers with like plates on them and satellites, all kinds yeah. of crazy stuff. And they said, this will be like in the middle of a rural area near us, but we have no cell service. So how is this some kind of a cell tower? Right. What is this thing? Well, like, right. I don't, I don't know. I said I'm starting to do research, but it's actually quite interesting because a lot of the stuff I could keep finding the same talking points on the company's websites, but I can't get into the details. Like they'll say they have climate reading, uh, pollution readers, and then I'm trying to find the actual technology, what it is, and what system it hooks up to, and it's very difficult to find some of this. You're like, wait, this is, because normally I could find it pretty easy. Once you target the company and you start looking at the product, you can get behind a lot of this, and some of this stuff has just been a pain in the neck to figure out what it actually is. Well, I thought about going and asking the guy uh, putting up the new light in in the parking lot some questions. It was just him and his son, but yeah. yeah, I figured, you know what? He's, he's got, he's a local guy. He's a local electrician. He was just the contractor to put him up and install him. He probably yeah. has no idea. No. And, that, and that's what I've told the audience. I said, this is part of, you know, socially engineering us into the system. It's the lower 99% that are actually building the free range prison planet technology around ourselves. We're doing it. I'm like, yeah. so if your neighbor is like, like I, like I told one of the, the listeners, she said she, there a bunch of them appeared in her downtown and they went to the town council. They say they don't really know. And then they tried to get a hold of the mayor and he's not responding. I said, listen, 
I said, your neighbor that works for Comcast or works for Verizon who makes 75000 a year as an installer, it's not aliens coming in in the middle of the night doing it. It's guys like that. They don't know what right. the hell they are. They were trained at some seminar. They come and slap it up. They screw it down to the plate. They attach the wires and they leave. That's. I mean, they don't really know what they're yeah. doing. Yep. And the mayor, mayor, the mayor may or not know about the smart pole grift. It may, I think bigger city mayors are probably getting in on some of the side side action on, on the back, yeah. you know, on the back end, but. Yeah, they can be invested in some of the companies or, yeah, or their their second cousin gets the contract to install them. I said, but, you know, for the most part, yeah, in a small town, like, uh, that's a lot of the stuff that Maria Albanese has researched over the years. All the uh, UN stuff that's gotten put into the small towns. They don't know. They get a state grant for a new park and along with that comes new infrastructure and the next thing you know they're just told hey on your uh, side roads uh comcast is going to be installing new lights and they go oh okay that's great for the community we love new lights over at the park they have no idea what the heck that stuff is Uh, at the small small scale you know small towns i don't think they have any idea i mean because if they did if they did and they were told the real purpose like oh we're gonna take your little rural town and turn it into a smart city a 15 minute free range prison yard uh (laughs) some of these small town mayors and sheriffs might go hell no you're not doing that uh which which tells me that in most cases those guys don't like you said you're dealing with the mayor in new york city or something yeah those people are getting some uh, suitcase cash you know yeah, and if you look at that 15-minute city over in Oxford where, the, you know, that's the first pu- one we know of that went kind of public, if you will, with the the, mm-hmm. uh, the city council regulations, it's not going so well. <laughs> the pushback is people are ripping the, uh, the road barriers out <laughs> and pouring concrete down the holes so they can't put them back. It's, yeah, uh, no. <laughs> it's I, not going well. I mean, I'm not... I don't want to get anybody in trouble here, but around this area in Frederick, Maryland, there's a lot of the big box cameras that are like speed traps and they're now they're putting them on like every road. So like to drive to my house on a straightaway road, I got to slow down to about four miles per hour. It's like to the point of, it's just ridiculous. When I first moved to this area, I didn't know they existed because we didn't have them in Tennessee. In the first three weeks I was here, I got $490 in tickets came into my mailbox. I'm like, what the hell is this? But, folks, if you want to end that stuff, it's called black spray paint. And you spray over the cameras and they can't record the license plates. I mean, at a certain point, you can't keep complaining about tyranny and then keep complying with tyranny. Because these guys aren't going to stop. It's just going to get worse no, and, worse and, worse and worse and worse and worse. Right. I thought of years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's what Maria was saying. Uh, yeah, that's what Maria was saying about these 15-minute cities where with if you go out of your zone, they just use your the license plate reader to send you a bill for as a fine. I wonder, though, you know, every now and then you see people with their license plate, like, inside the vehicle in the back window yes i've always wondered why even as a kid i wonder if that prevents the readers from reading the, the plate well remember the remember back in the remember back in the day with old-fashioned radar the uh yeah. people would put those plastic sleeves over their license plate and that actually did right. prevent 
the radar. And then now what you're talking about leaving the city with the license plate readers, those are the same readers we have all up. We've had them on the highways for what, 20 years now. So they can catch you speeding and stuff like that. Or if you go through the toll, they'll send you the ticket. Or in most cases, they don't even have cash tolls anymore. You just drive through and it sends you a ticket if you don't have an easy pass. Um, But yeah, I mean, years ago, I I was, I wanted to create a thing that went like, like a little shield that came down over my plate. (laughs) I could push a button in the car. Star Wars style. Yeah. Then I just keep going. I'm like, these are the type of things that people are going to have to do. I mean, we used to have the, um, back in the old days, my father had one and he was like a cop was the radar detectors. And then they may try to make the radar detectors illegal saying you're not allowed to have those in your car. I mean, this is you're just reaching a point where the tyranny is going to keep multiplying literally every day. And if you keep complying with it, I just there's no way out of it. You're, you're not gonna you're not gonna get around it unless you be creative well, and start to figure out how to work around it. An interesting way out of it could be, and I've always asked this question. I heard uh, Catherine and Titus talk about this recently too. Is there's going to be infighting at the top? And I was listening to them the other night from their last week's show, and Titus made a point uh, that he's getting the sense that some of these elite are starting to figure out that they thought they were in the club, but they're not in the club. (laughs) And Catherine agreed with him, but from an even higher up elite, she said she's noticed some like a smaller country central bankers Mm -hmm. on these panels literally have like the oh shit look on their face because they're not in the club either and they're all starting to come to the realization that they're going to end up on the slavery side of that system so (laughs) now i don't know if they're right but if they i suspect they are but if they're right that's a major problem for the rockefellers and, and their friends a major problem and i've said this from the beginning how do you get every country on board with this and how do you get that all of course the politicians change but how do you get 194 to agree without infighting you can't have a family of five without infighting especially like you said if they figure out that they're not really at the top of the food chain and they're expendable so i mean that 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 would be like you working for tony soprano and finding out that tony soprano just whacked your cousin without telling you he was going to do it and i mean who knows man maybe it's some of the athletes and entertainers and people that are dropping dead everywhere and then they start to go wait a second why are these people dropping mm-hmm. dead i took the shot too <laughs> you know like i got well, on look board at every mafia every and, and mafia the, family has had the, the the don killed at some point right right and then there's a bunch of fighting as to who's going to take over next there's a power struggle well there's mm. going to be power struggles here too even if you try can keep the 190 whatever countries on board country 180 is going to want more power than country 170 yeah and there's going to be a lot of fighting and at some point it i think just me i think it's going to collapse on itself now I think the Rockefellers know this, so they're going to put as much of these sensors and smart poles and meters and all this crap up to, I, I go back to, they do things in long-termism stages. We just read that from the BIS, yeah. right? 
it's a, just my opinion, uh, based on what I've read, they're, they'll they'll have all these sensors. Yes, it, the CBDC control techn technocrat system may fail in 2030 because of all the infighting and the fact that word can spread literally overnight with social media. But that's okay. They'll put all this crap in place. They just won't close the trap door for a generation or two. Yeah, they won't see they'll, it until like, it's full inclusion. The yeah. They'll indoctrinate the young and they'll have everything in place and then they can just close the trap door 20, 30 years from now. 